Hi there, and welcome to another installment of Align with Lina. And what these Facebook Live broadcasts are all about is an opportunity for people to see how ordinary people like you and me are moving through these extraordinary spiritual awakenings. And Align with Lina is to help you align to the truth of who you are, which is actually the same truth in every single one of us. And I find that when we have examples of various people moving through their own spiritual awakening, sharing how they got to where they got to, speaking about the traumas and the wounding that they are doing healing around, talking about the things that begin to open up and the purpose in their lives that they begin to discover because of this work that they're doing, it helps us gain a, a greater clarity about what is possible when we commit to this journey of self-awareness. And today, I have the, the incredible pleasure of introducing you to somebody who is not only one of my BFFs, I mean, truly one of my closest, closest friends, but Mindy and I have known each other for 10 years. So we have been partners on, on each other's journeys. We have been there side by side as we each have moved through new obstacles that brought us to new levels of expansion that took us into amazing experiences. And even though what appears on the outside to be that we're doing different work, we're actually doing the same work. We're both helping people in our own way, through our own methods, through our own way of explaining it, how to tap into the source of, of eternalness that is within us, tap into the truth that is inside of us, our higher self, our conscious self, our soul, our spirit, whatever you want to call it. It really doesn't matter because when you begin to feel your truth, we're all feeling the same thing. So let me introduce you to this amazing woman. Not only, like I said, is she one of my best friends, but she's also a trusted colleague. And I refer clients to her because I know the, the the way that she does her work, there's such integrity there, but the biggest part about it for me is that her heart is in the right place. Say hi to this beautiful audience of ours. Hi, beautiful audience. It's so nice to be here. I'm just sitting here listening to you, Lina, and I've just got this smile from ear to ear because, of course, I'm getting flashbacks of the first time we met and, and and how we have shared our journeys together. And it's it's just truly mind blowing, heart opening. And oh, my God, what a what a ride, huh? Uh, an incredible ride. Well, let, let's start right there. Let's talk a little bit about how we met, because it that in and of itself is fascinating. I had opened up, as, as you know, the Center for Awareness just uh, maybe a year and a half before I met you. Maybe not even that might have been a, within a, the year from the time I met you and I was stepping into my my purpose. I was hearing a voice guiding me, a knowingness, open up a center because I was beginning to, at that time of my, my journey, lose a lot of my old friends. My, my way of looking at life had changed drastically and I wanted a community. I wanted a center. I, I wanted to find people that I could have conversations about the truths that I was discovering and I wanted to feel safe. So this voice said, open up a center. And I'm like, a center for what? What the hell kind of a center am I going to open? And I was told the center for awareness. And it's a, a place of spiritual gatherings. And you're going to teach the power of awareness. And I'm going, what the hell do I know about spiritual centers? But I followed that voice. And then what, six months, seven, eight months later, 
I decided to host that Eckhart Tolle book club on A New Earth. And there you came in. There are so many of our current friends walked in. So just following oh my guidance, following that guidance created the most amazing, delicious community of, of family and friends that I have today. You, of course, being one of them. But share a little bit about coming to the center. What did that do for you? And then let's talk about what was going on in your life before that, that had you go into your spiritual journey. Yeah, well, that was definitely part of it. I could remember the moment like it was yesterday. I was sitting on my bed reading A New Earth because it was at the time that Oprah was doing that live feed with Eckhart Tolle. So I was reading it. And at the time, I, I don't think I even realized how unhappy I was. I, I was married at the time, but my husband and I were living between Washington, D.C. and Atlanta. And I felt like I could I had no friends. I wasn't working. I was completely lost. And when I read that book, I remember sitting on my bed thinking, I have got to find somebody who I could talk to about this stuff. It was just crazy. And God bless Oprah Winfrey because of her um, making that book aware to the general public. You and so many other people started meetups and I joined the meetup and went to the center. And as you said, it was it became so much more than a a book club it was a community it was the foundation of my life today all of our friends my family my work that's where I discovered what energy medicine was from um you know Dr. Pranam Pool and I mean everything the, the seeds were planted um just by me deciding to join a book club so you know when you follow that calling like you said it opens up life beyond anything that you can imagine because I certainly wasn't looking for anything other than to make some friends but because I was so I remember a, a, another uh, time at one time I came to see you after the book club and I wasn't working and I, I had worked for health clubs before and I just wanted to be in the environment of those people and you and what you were doing there and I asked you I don't know if you remember this but I said do you need, I used to run health clubs. Do you need anybody to help you run this center? Do you remember what you said? I don't remember. You, you, started, to, oh. you started to cry. You're like, oh my God, I was just praying for somebody because I need help and I have all these dreams and I'm going in so many different directions. You just answered my prayers. And then, you know, I came and volunteered and worked there and, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, the rest is history. You know what? I had forgotten about that, and it just touches me because so many of of the things that I get inspired to do, inevitably somebody comes and says to me, hey, do you want to do this? And those synchronistic moments are so powerful and so precious. And when we stop listening to that, it really creates it creates this, this uh, block. Um, to receiving help from the universe. And you were, you yes, you were one of those first ones that was that evidence of how we get so supported when we're in alignment with, with our purpose. Um, and I'm so grateful that you said that because obviously we've been connected at the hip ever since. <laughs> well, you talked a little bit uh, a while ago about what life was like before the awakening, you know, and I mean, it's not when we stop listening. Now we know that when we stop listening to those synchronicities, then we are out of alignment and we're swimming upstream against the flow. 
But before we even go on this journey of awakening, we don't even know, I shouldn't speak for everybody, I didn't even know what it was to be like in synchronicity. Nobody so knows. I walk, exactly. I didn't want my ego to get in the way, but yes. Uh, um, but, you know, I walked around like everybody else does out of sync. And you are just not going in the direction that God, source, whatever it, it means to everybody that's listening, that higher voice inside of us wants us to follow. Exactly. So speak a little bit about the your life. What was your life like when you were out of sync? Because I know for me, I was trying to make things work. I was working hard to become and do and have and get people to like me. I was I had my to do list to create my own synchronicity. I was certainly not flowing. I might have been flowing and didn't know it. But for the most part, I remember before my awakening, life was pretty hard. I, I, I was bumping up against making things happen. Um, I didn't feel like I had a direct connection to source and was receiving information or guidance but what was it like for you what was that life like give it take us into that world pre-awakening you know it, it was like looking for love in all the wrong places because like we're so many of us are taught i was trying to find that from external sources get the right guy get the right house get the right job and even if those things came along it still never lasted it was never a love enough because happiness really is an inside job, but I didn't know that. So I kept pushing and looking. You said effort. It was always an effort. It was work because I was supposed to be doing something to make myself happy. I was supposed to be making more money. I was supposed to be meeting the right guy that was going to sweep me off my feet and, you know, make all my dreams come true. I was supposed to be doing all these things that other people told me I was supposed to be doing so I would be happy and I was never really listening to the one source inside of me, my own heart, my own voice, my own truth that was really going to lead me to the happiness that I have found now because I'm listening to the right, the right leader, speaker, guide, love. It's all inside of us. Yeah. And so so share a little bit about what had you go from being uh, unaware that there is even a thing such as an awakening. And then all of a sudden, here we are on this journey for awakening, because for me, that was the death of my mother is what propelled me to begin to question life. So share a little bit about your story. Yeah, well, me too. As as you are aware, my mom died on my 25th birthday. So that was quite shocking. She was sick, but she wasn't supposed to die, according to the doctors. Um, and it was very difficult for me, not only to have to grieve the loss of my mother at such a young age, but I got very angry because in my mind, that, that just doesn't happen. How could my mother die on my birthday, I was never going to enjoy my birthday again. Yeah. So um, it never, it, it became not my birthday. It became the day my mother died. So I was really, really angry for a long time, but I had to find, I, I wasn't brought up in a religious family at all. I was brought up Jewish and, but very secular. So I didn't really know that I even believed in God or any, things spiritual until that moment 
when I needed for my own sanity to try to find some reason to make some sense out of how this could happen. So I started reading spiritual books. I started reading books by Doreen Virtue and Marianne Williamson, people that I had never heard of before. But it just, I don't know if my mind believed it, but it brought me some sort of peace. It opened up a door that made me say, okay, maybe there's more to this life than I understand. And and that was the seed. I mean, that that is absolutely the reason I'm been on this spiritual journey and actually one of I tell people this a lot you actually said something to me one time that shifted everything for me you said your mom gave birth to you twice on the day that she on the day that you were born and on the day that you died and that was a real awakening for me that statement because it 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 made me see that I could celebrate her death and be honored like oh my god what a what a beautiful connection and sacrifice there in my mind there's not a coincidence there are there's a reason beyond anything that i understand that this happened but i now all these years later and for many years i not only celebrate my birthday but celebrate my mother on that day wow. as well so it's become it's become twice as joyful for me Yes, and and it really is amazing. But mom did our moms gave birth to us physically, but there is something powerful about those of us who have the I'm going to say the opportunity of a loved one passing away because in their death there is an opportunity for our spiritual resurrection. And having grown up Catholic, the the entire story of the crucifixion and the resurrection used to make no sense to me until I began to realize that dying to that unconscious self that I was crucifying that part of me that was unaware of how much more there is to me. That process of crucifixion began with my mom's passing that started my resurrection. I began to resurrect the soul of me, the truth of me, the essence of me that had been lying dormant inside of me for what, 41 years for me. I mean, for you, 25, for me, 41. But there is such a beautiful gift when we put all the dots together and connect them. And we see that we're all here in service to each other, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. We're all doing our part to help move the collective. And your mom and my mom had their piece to play. And then you and I took the baton and continued the relay. So it's really exciting to when I hear, obviously, I know that you've you've been saying that for a while. But when we really embrace that, these things that appear as losses are really gifts in disguise. Yeah, I, I was just having this conversation with a friend of ours last night, how for whatever reason, my mom was not able to do the work. She was she was not able to evolve consciously enough to. Um, find the joy in her life and to get beyond the pain. And she passed, but she passed the baton. And to me, as you said, I used those same words last night with, with our friend Nellie. And that I know that I, it, it's again a connection from my mother and I that this was all part of the plan for me to be able to do this work. She yeah. needed to this life and it's it's an eternal energy it doesn't die 
Yeah. That is what we're here for, to just continue, and it will continue after me and you, and that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So so you go through this experience, your mother passes, you're angry at the world, your mom's been taken from you, you begin to read books that begin to expand your awareness, and then you begin the process, which is the hardest thing that we're all going to go through, and actually it's where most people get stuck. Either it scares them and they back off, or they enter it and if they don't have the right support, they can definitely get stuck in a long time of doing all of this emotional trauma, healing, wounding um, process. Let's talk about that because obviously it's the kind of work that you and I now help others with. But talk about the the dark night of the soul, that place that you had to go to because to resurrect our soul, we literally have to say goodbye to that unconscious self. We have to let go of our our righteousness, our judgments, our, in many ways, our beliefs, ultimately our identity of who we were as an unconscious being to open up to this new, these new beliefs that there's more. I couldn't be eternal when I thought I was finite. I couldn't be awake when I was acting asleep and thinking the world owed me something. So speak to what was that process like for you of discovering all those things that needed healing inside of you that allowed you to shed that unconscious self? It, you know, it was a really long process line that that when I was 25 um, was just the, the, be, the very beginning. But I don't think that I really um, got to the point where I would say that I was really awakened by it in, until the time when I came to the center and then everything that happened after, and that was 20 years later. And I think the thing that was the key for me was community because before that I was reading all these books and I was absorbing all this information and I knew that I connected to it at some deep place, but I didn't have anybody to talk to about it or understand what it was that I was feeling. So it wasn't until I joined the center and came to the to uh, the the book club that I realized, oh my God, there are other people that I could talk to about this and bring it, you know, literally come out of the closet. My dark night of the soul, as many people know, speaking of coming out of the closet, was when the love of my life came out of the closet and ended our marriage. But I often say that you know that on that day. Not only did my whole life fall apart, but everything opened up at the same time because I recognized that uh, coming out of the closet has nothing to do with sexuality. I was coming out of the spiritual closet, too, and talking about the things that we're talking about today, which is part of the work that I do and the work that you do, is something that I would never talk about before. So um, it was easier for me to keep it to myself for a long time because I didn't understand it or or even recognize that there were so many people that were looking for this. We don't know what we don't know. And part of the beauty of me doing my work is every day I get to talk to mostly women, but now there are more men, which is very exciting. It is exciting. That are saying it is. They're saying exactly what I'm saying is they had no idea what they were feeling inside of them 
was something that if they felt safe enough to talk about, that there is a whole world of people out here that are feeling exactly the same way. And it's in bringing that out of the closet, girl, that we get to change the world. Yeah. Let's talk about what we're bringing out of the closet because we're talking in general terms. But for me, coming out of the closet meant that that I had to go against the grain in the in living here in Georgia in the Bible Belt. I was speaking to that I I was discovering that there is a benevolent God. I was discovering that I had power inside of me that I never knew I had before. I was discovering an in, an innocence, a purity, a wholeness in me that I had been brainwashed to believe was not there, that there was a sinfulness, that there was a dirtiness, that there was a less than-ness about me that had me striving and trying to become somebody. So coming out of the closet was really scary for me because I was speaking to people who really believed in our powerlessness and feeling empowered enough to say, no, wait a second, I do believe that I have the ability to manifest. I do believe that I have the ability to use the power of my thoughts to heal my body, that I have the ability to change my mind and change my experience. Those were foreign concepts to the people that I was around. Hell, they were foreign to me before that. What were some of the things that you had to come out of the closet with and share that were becoming your truths that having a community helped you feel a little bit more normal. I thought I was going crazy, uh, believing all these things and not knowing that anybody else believed them with me. So it was, I felt like I was coming out of the cuckoo's nest and finding uh, some sanity, especially at the center. Yeah, wow, <clears throat> I can answer that question so many different ways. Um, you know, part of it I think for me was being able to break away from my family and my roots and recognize that I didn't have to think the way everybody else thought and that it was okay. It wasn't only about me discovering my own um, empowerment and my own love inside of me, but loving them enough to stop judging them and to be able to cut the cord because I recognized that as I was going along this journey and meeting people like you and so many other of our friends that I felt uh, less and less connected to my roots. And that was very hard to break away from because of what I was brought up to believe that family comes first. You always put family first. And for me, I, I just could not we were on a totally different wavelength, literally. Yeah. And so ha coming out of the closet was me being able to cut the cord and step away from that tribe lovingly, mm -hmm. still love them, but from a distance and know that I was okay and not feel that I was a, a bad girl because I was going on a path that was different than anything that they might be able to understand or believe in, and that was okay. Let, let's talk about some of those details because I, I had similar experiences with some of my siblings, but when you're talking about cutting the cord, let, let's be specific about that to help people who might be going through something similar. You know, for me, that looked like we, we looked at things differently. They expected me to play a certain role that I was no longer willing to play. My mind was expanding and I was realizing that, that that my not only what I could say, the conversations I could share, 
were so different than what we were used to talking about growing up. But also I was beginning to realize that I could say no, that I could set boundaries, that I could say this is not okay. Um, that I could say this is what is okay for me, whether you want to participate or not, it's okay. But that I was beginning to realize that I had a voice and it mattered. What was it like for you in terms of when you're making these decisions to cut the cords? What exactly does that mean? Uh-oh. <laughs> My battery is running low. I don't know why. I hope this doesn't. Uh... Do you want to get your cord and plug it in? I can't, but can I'm just going to bring us to another room and plug us in. Is that okay? Yeah, that's perfectly okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this and I talk while I you can talk while you walk. Walk the talk. <laughs> okay. Okay. So to answer, I don't know why cuz this was plugged in. Sorry guys. That's because Lina and I have so much energy on this. It's just we're breaking the frequency. It. We're sucking it right out of the yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to see me, but okay. Um, well, everything that you said uh, is, is true, but also I no longer needed them to validate me. Yeah. I, I was always looking for, you know, my family to validate me. So I felt like I was okay. And so that was gone. I was finding validation um, in other places. Now, at that at that very beginning point, I'll be honest, I was certainly finding validation from the new tribe that I was creating. Yeah. But now I've gone even further down the journey where it's all about me validating myself because that's just transferring, yeah. <laughs> accepting yourself from somebody else. So um, that was a biggie for me to know that it didn't matter what other people thought. Yeah, but that's a big, uh, a really important uh, distinction to make because we do need to shift from having our parents, the people that we trusted, the people that taught us all of the ways of the world that are unconscious. Obviously, they did the best that they could with what they knew, but then beginning to shift where we look for validation inside of the new conscious community, everybody goes through that. I've yet to meet anybody that doesn't have a level of transference in the outer world still approving of us. But what happens in, in a conscious community is that the validation that we're receiving is really more of a validation that what we're thinking is in alignment, not so much a validation that who we are is okay, but it's, it's we got to accept that this new information that we're receiving as our new truth is, is valid. It's, it's, it makes sense so that that can begin to drop because if we don't have that, that way of Validating is really the only word to use that we are on the right track with our thinking, then it's very challenging to drop into the heart because you have to feel safe to be able to do that heart work, um, which let's talk about that, because that's really what that dark night of the soul is, because as you enter your journey after, you know, Mike comes out of the closet and, you know, for me, there were multiple times, uh, two different divorces. And those were opportunities for me to be be able to to open up my heart, to look at my pain, my shame, my guilt, the places I was blaming, the places I was judging. That's a very uncomfortable place to be on this journey. And it is absolutely something that we need to talk about. And, and here we've got 
Um, a comment from Leah, so I'm going to post that on there. Such an important point for our personal evolution. Absolutely, Leah. We got to talk about these things that we're unearthing. And if anybody else has comments or questions that you want to pose uh, for us, by all means, definitely send those, um, write them up and, and we can post them. But talk a little bit about your dark night of the soul. What were you discovering about you that made that process uncomfortable? Which is what you and I help people do now. So it's it's always going to be the same thing. And we help those that we do because we've gone through it ourselves. And, you know, your process was remarkable to watch. And um, it was beautiful. So share a little bit about that, please. By Dark Knight of the Soul. There were more than one. Um, <laughs> but uh, the one but the one that you're referring to, of course, was, you know, at the moment that my marriage ended, I thought my life was going to end as well. I did not know how I was going to move on because everything that I had dreamed of, everything that I had thought my life was going to be in one moment fell apart. Now, it really wasn't one moment because, of course, there were things that led up to that happening, but I denied them. I know a lot of people do do that as well. I wanted to bury what I knew was I true. Um, yep. And, um, you know, I, I thought I was in a happy marriage, but I didn't even know how to go into my heart. But my head said that I was happy. And of course, now I know that part of that discovery was when you're not listening to your heart and you're listening to your head, well, there's going to be heartbreak somewhere down the road at some point because we're listening to the wrong source. Mm -hmm. um, but as things were falling apart and I was discovering the fear that I had about being alone, the, the belief that I had of not being loved again, the, the energy that I put into being someone's wife and identifying with all of the labels that society said that I should have and, you know, to check everything off the box. If you do this, this and the, this and the other thing, then you'll be happy. Well, on the boxes, I looked pretty happy. But inside of myself, I was I was an empty box. So um, as I by the grace of God, it's synchronicity. Again, I, I, I happened to start the White Winds program, the energy healing program at that time in my life, not because I wanted to become an energy healer. I didn't even know what energy healing was, yeah. but I had a chronic illness for a good part of my adult life that doctors could never properly diagnose. And after being in the hospital and once again, them not finding anything wrong with me, I knew that I had to find another approach and conventional allopathic medicine just wasn't working. So another good friend of ours, Mary Simpson, said, come to a healing circle with me. And I said, what's a healing circle? <laughs> and so we went, we went to a healing circle, and I have no idea why I trusted the integrity of what I saw, because my mind wanted to say, this is the hokiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but something inside of me, which now I understand is my truth and my heart and my intuition, trusted this so looking for a place to heal my physical illness i signed up for a, a year-long program 
to understand what energy healing was so I could figure out a way to heal my physical heart issues. And two weeks after I started that program is when Mike left and I recognized that anything physically that's happening in our body is an imbalance of energy and the emotional parts of what I was going through, the pain that I had denied that I didn't want to see and bury was, was what was causing me being in the hospital six months before, but it all stemmed back to the first dark night of the soul 25 years before when my mother passed away because the wound was abandonment. Yes. So my dark night of the soul was recognizing my own abandonment and how I needed or thought I needed other people to be there in my life because my wound was all the people that I love die or leave me. Yeah. And through this, go ahead. No, no. What you're saying is, is spot on. So keep going, please. Um, so through this process of going to the White Winds Institute to try to heal my physical heart issues, I also learned about energy and the connection, and I he had healed my emotional and my psychological heart issues around the, uh, now I know that I'm never alone. Now I know that I'm lovable. I, I I transformed the belief structure that I had, the illusion about the beliefs that I had. I, I touched my emotions instead of burying them. I looked at them deeply. I acknowledged them and I loved them. I released them by continuing to do that today because we are emotional beings. We are mental beings. We are spiritual beings and we are physical beings. And if we want to be whole and healthy and happy, we can't just look at this physical vessel. We have to look at all of it. Exactly. So through this amazing process that I went through, um, I became an energy healer. I didn't see that coming. You know, I went, as you know, to the White Winds Institute, and I have only had one episode of a heart issue again in five years, and you were there for that too. And to no surprise, it was because I was in Hawaii with Mike and my family, and I thought that I could handle it, and I wasn't ready to handle it. And so I came back and got really sick because it, it, it brought up all of those issues again that it brought them up physically, but the root of it was emotionally. How did you transform your beliefs? Jody wants to know. Yeah. Um, great question. Uh, well, you know, can I answer her? Of, of course. Okay. Um, thanks for the question, Jody. I went to my heart. I went to my heart. You know, Albert Einstein said that the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. But we have created a society that has honored the servant and has forgotten the gift. And so instead of listening to what my head always said, those beliefs, which I thought what I remember once saying to Mike, you know, this is what I believe. I can't help it. This is what I believe. Well, those were definitely the days I wasn't awake because 
of course, we I know now that we can change those beliefs. So now my thoughts are the servant mm -hmm. and my heart is is the the master, the intuitive part of me. I started listening to that quieter, more wise, less judgmental, compassionate voice. Yeah. And slowly, slowly, um, there's a tipping point. You know, and, and our bodies are, go ahead. Say one more thing. Our bodies are the vessel of our ma of our of our thoughts and our emotions. And what we don't do a really good job with is learning to listen to the signals of our body. When we're in pain, whether it's physical or emotional pain, our body is always going to tell us where something is off. So if we listen to our bodies, our bodies will never lie. But when we listen to our heads, it's the fake news. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, and, and this is one of those amazing things because it is absolutely powerful and amazing um, having you here because you do your work from the energy healing perspective and i do my work from the the power of awareness perspective even though they sound like two different things it's really always addressing the same thing but the as you know from the power of awareness the work that i teach what came to me to teach right off the get-go is that we do have two two ways of looking at the world we have two belief systems we've got our ego mind which is nothing that all of the things that we have believed that the world has taught us that is not true that is limited that is confining and there there is the voice of our soul this is the voice for love this is the voice of our intuitive self that gets drowned out when we're listening to that ego mind and being able to understand which of the beliefs are real and which are fake news, that's the only way that we're going to become um, empowered to be able to choose, like Mindy was saying, which one's the master? Is the master going to be the fake news? Is the master the belief that says I'm not good enough? Is the master the belief that it, because mom died, I'm abandoned? Or is the master going to be the one, the voice that says mom died, and yes, you're going to miss her, but it doesn't affect who you are. It doesn't diminish the essence of who you are. You're just somebody who is grieving an experience because you love mom so deeply. But our ego mind and society tells us, and we have been believing this for so long, that it is so ingrained and why it's so challenging to move through these beliefs that we, we are less than when our circumstances change. And to believe that and grow up thinking that every single time something changes, a parent dies, a child dies, a, a child gets sick, a husband wants a divorce, a wife wants a separation, the job changes, the government, you know, changes something, gets rid of a program that you like. Every single time something changes and you're not grounded in the truth of your wholeness, you're going to feel abandoned. You're going to feel disempowered. You're going to feel you're going to be like a little slave trying to figure out what else do you attach yourself to. And there's no freedom in attachments. There's no freedom in in believing that your happiness, your joy, your wholeness, your who you are comes from something external. And it's really challenging questioning all of those beliefs. But if we don't question them, we can't get to the answer because the answer is buried underneath that mountain of dense beliefs that weigh us down.
So I love what you're sharing, Mindy, because that, that's so powerful. Um, so let's see what, what Frank is saying. He's saying it all so timely and synchronistic and healing. Perfect for me to hear right now in my journey to wholeness. Many blessings to both of you. Love. Gifts come to us in so many ways. Frank, you're so right, because when you begin to see that this is a journey of synchronicity, the pieces have been laid out, not because it was pre-planned, but as we are putting out our vibration, we are resonating our experiences out into the universe. We get ideas, thoughts, perceptions, beliefs. We have energy inside of us that is sending a signal. Well, guess what? The law of resonance says that that signal is going to be met with something like itself so that we get to decide, am I coming from my head or my heart? Am I operating as a servant um, to my mind or am I the master? Am I listening to my heart, which is one of the beautiful gifts that life gives us? And Mindy and I had to look at our beliefs in abandonment. So our mothers had to pass away because that was something that was inside of us that needed to be addressed. Talk a little bit about synchronicity, Mindy, in your life. Let's let's share a little bit about some of your examples so people can see what we're talking about. And Frank is alluding to right here. Um, <laughs> I want to just speak to one thing that I think it's important for the audience to to hear from my perspective. I don't know your take on this, Lina, but, you know, I, I totally agree with everything that you're saying about our beliefs and how we've shifted our beliefs. But I know there's a lot of people out there, and, and Frank is one of them, that is going through some grief right now and some pain. And and that to me is not an illusion. You know, we cannot bypass our emotions. I, I think when we're when we're, you know, is it the Buddhists that say um, suffering is optional but pain is part of the plan or something something like that? Pain is a is a wake-up call for us to discover where things are off in our lives. But I think that it's an important part of being human is to acknowledge the pain and to not resist it. Part of why I think there's such problems with um, drugs, prescription drugs and addiction in, in this country is because we're always looking to numb the pain. Just give me the pill to take the pain away. And what we resist persists. And so for me, when we're in pain, when we're grieving, when we're angry, when we're feeling abandoned, it's not that that's not a, an honest, authentic feeling. It's what do we do with it when those feelings come up and, and not to resist it, but to acknowledge it because we don't want to abandon our feelings. That was a big part for me was for me to know that it was OK for me to be angry. It was OK for me to feel afraid. And that's how everything got released. So I just want to say that because I think, at least for me in my work, it's important that I help people shift their beliefs, but also acknowledge their feelings and, and, and their emotions. You know, that, that's perfect that you brought that up because those feelings are the indicators of that trapped energy, that trapped emotion. I, I think of all of our traumas is is if you would look at a cluster of grapes, little by little, one grape gets added on, one one trauma, one thing gets added on. And over time, we have this cluster of, of pockets of energy that are stuck inside of us that create the pain, the discomfort that we're feeling. 
So when we're feeling that pain, we got to go in there because we have to literally pop that energy. We got to release that energy. It's energy that needs to be set back into motion because it got suppressed when we had the experience, whether mom died or uh, boyfriend let go of us or the girlfriend didn't want to play with us or or mom didn't look at us the nice in a nice way when we were three years old. Whatever it is that we've interpreted about life, it causes that woundedness that that in a way it's a grieving that takes place of it's a loss of sense of self so we do absolutely have to acknowledge them what becomes clear is that once you release that energy once you feel that pain once you look into the story that that pain holds the illusion comes in and that what you were believing is not true about who you are that's the illusion that gets released. The energy moves back into motion. You're freed up. More of your energy can be used for creativity, for imagination, for um, just life to flow through you with more joy. So we have to see them, that those are the indicators that bring us to the places that need healing. And that is something that you do so beautifully. And you know, having Frank here is a perfect example of somebody uh, and I'm I'm going to say this. I know Frank's not going to mind because he's actually going to be one of the people that I'm going to be interviewing. He just recently had uh, is going through the experience of his wife uh, dying. So she dies of cancer and he is going through a conscious grieving process. And by consciously grieving what he's going through, the loss of his wife, he's having to feel that pain, he's having to experience that. And at the same time, look at, is this true about who I am or not? Because that's gonna be a really powerful conversation. And I wanna invite people, we're still deciding what date it is that he's gonna be on here, but it's, it's really amazing. When we heal our own wounds, we can then become conscious to what life brings next. And you did some work with Frank, which is beautiful and powerful. And that's that's what we're here to help each other is we got to feel this these wounds. We got to look at the beliefs that we believed um, about ourselves that are not true because it's an illusion that that we're powerless. It's an illusion that we're not capable of self-healing. It's an illusion that our body has to be sick. It's an illusion that we don't have the ability to choose love over fear any day, any minute, any second if we choose to do that. But all of that comes with awareness. Tell me a little bit about your the work that you're doing right now because I've been watching you become this amazing healer because you healed yourself. Now you've got this beautiful practice that is growing. You're teaching all over town. Tell us what is tell us about your work and then tell us what is it that you've got coming up because people need to know about it. And while you do that, I'm going to go look up your your contact information so that people know all the different ways that they can reach you. OK, well, I guess this answers your last question about synchronicity, because everything that's happening right now is just a a firestorm of synchronicity in my life like I said I, I I never I didn't grow up to become an energy healer but boy it just when you're in alignment to your heart and you're yeah. just listening to that quiet voice inside of you this is what happens so six years later here I am I have a practice as an energy healer and um, 
oh my god line I have so much going on I don't even know where to start so um, I am teaching uh, a workshop on on February 18th and February 25th called mind over matter and that's a one-day workshop basically an introduction to what energy healing is all about because you don't have to be a healer to <laughs> understand your own energy and and understanding your own energy just like understanding your thoughts can be transformational because it will affect your relationships it will affect your decision it will bring much more joy and happiness into your life i love teaching this class so i'm doing that on the the 18th at Lyft Yoga Studio, but that's already sold out. And I'm doing it again on uh, February 25th at Unity North. Um, and you can register for that. I, I know you're going to, oh, you've got it up there. You've got my information up there. You put it on the website. Um, I'm also doing a free talk and on in March, on March 7th on Mind Over Medicine. I had the honor and the privilege of working and being certified by Dr. Lisa Rankin. If you're familiar with her, she wrote Mind Over Medicine as a very well-known speaker, doctor, paradigm shifter um, in mind, body, and functional medicine. And I am certified to teach her six steps of healing. So I'm doing an introduction to that on March 7th. And then the workshop is going to be March 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And it is life-changing. So, and then... I have an art show this weekend, but that that's a whole different story. No, Synchronicity. We don't. We could do a whole show just on my story on, on my creativity, right? Absolutely. <laughs> my lack. My, my lack of belief that I was creative, and now, guys, I'm doing an art show um, this weekend, which is mind blowing. Mind blowing. You know, and l let me say this. Let me tie that in to what I was talking about, the, um, the the way our beliefs, once we begin to question them, we realize that they're illusions because you've had this belief that you couldn't be an artist. And that belief simply wasn't true. But you had an idea. You had another belief that said what art was or who could be an artist. So as you begin to peel back the the layers of beliefs and you begin to sort them out and you begin to see that you probably had a childhood experience that had you believe you were not an artist, that had you believe that you were not capable. I know my daughter in third grade, the teacher said to them, paint elephants to the whole class, third entire third grade class. And Lauren had seen a movie, I forget what it was, um, or, or, a or a cartoon, and the elephants were pink. So she began to color a pink elephant. And the teacher came and took it and ripped it up and said, elephants are not pink, they're gray. Well, that moment left my daughter believing she was not an artist. She messed up. So it got implanted in her mind that she couldn't draw. She stopped drawing. One day, maybe, you know, she'll pick it up again because I know that there's, a, there's an artist in her because there's an artist in every one of us. And it's really fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Um when I get to work with people and we discover all of these beliefs that they believe are true about them, that just with a little bit of inquiry, a little bit of, of curiosity, we discover that they're not. And you are this amazing artist in all these years telling yourself you're not. Um, that is beautiful. And you're, you're exhibiting your work at a gallery is so exciting. I cannot wait for Sunday to come and celebrate that. My non-artist. 
Uh, and I had a, a similar situation as your daughter did. And I remember, you know, the workshop that I went to again with you, I was, I was having a panic attack, <laughs> the idea of painting anything. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's another interview. <laughs> um, but it I was know. a beautiful we'll story. We'll have to do quite a few, but it is, it's absolutely just delightful. You know, when we have people who join this show because they are, they're getting, you know, hello, beautiful ladies. Thank you, Miss Beautiful Lady Stephanie yourself. But it really is so, so important to me that we make this entire spiritual awakening a really accessible conversation. As Mindy and I talked about earlier on, we did our work in the closet. We did it by ourselves. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because obviously look at where the two of us are today, not just with our own personal journeys, um, the healing that we've done for ourselves, but the fact that we help others through their journeys. So there's nothing wrong with doing it by yourself. But there is an acceleration in the healing process, the healing energy of this planet. The planet is waking up. Not only is, is Mother Earth healing her own wounds, and it's the wounds that humans have inflicted upon this planet. It is cleaning itself up. We are cleansing it's ourselves of all of these old ideas that we had about ourselves, that stored energy in our bodies, that densified our cells, that caused inflammation and sicknesses, things that all of them can be healed if we do the work of self-love, because at the end of the day, this is a journey of loving ourselves enough to not tolerating anger, to not tolerating judgment, resentment, shame, guilt, blame, to be normal. We have to love ourselves enough to say, wait a minute, there's got to be another way of looking at this. Maybe I'm incorrect in my perception of you. Maybe I'm incorrect in my perception of me. It takes a lot of courage to question what we believe. And I absolutely know without a doubt, I've seen this too many times for over 11 years now, for however many thousands of people that I've had the pleasure of working with, but most of us do not question our beliefs because we're afraid of being wrong about what we believe. None of us was prized for being wrong. And we need to get really clear that it's okay to have erroneous thoughts in our mind. It's okay that we believed mistakes because they were taught to us by people that we trusted. They were taught to us by people that we looked up to. But now the tide is shifting. It's shifting to compassion, to benevolence, to, to being kind with ourselves. And being wrong is actually pretty freaking powerful because when you are willing to be wrong about what you thought was right, you open the door to something beyond your scope. Like Mindy said earlier, we don't know what we don't know. Here I was trying to run the world, run my life, run my family with a very finite amount of information, all that I knew. And it wasn't until I began to open up to what else is there that things really became fun and easy. Yes, the work was not fun and easy going through that, but it is simple. It is very simple. Question. Just question, be curious, be open-minded. And like Mindy said, her heart issues were not about her physical heart. It was just a manifestation there of her emotional heart, her the true essence of who she is, believing that she had been abandoned just because mom had a death experience. 
being able to be brave and do that kind of self-inquiry, Mindy, is just an amazing thing that you did. And I want to commend you for the courage because I want people to know that it takes courage to do this work. And so many of us are on the other side of this work waiting for those courageous souls to reach out and give us the opportunity to help you in your journey. Mindy, say one more time what whatever you want to share about your work. What, what do you do? What do you offer people individually? You talked about your workshops, but talk about what does a person who come in for to see you for sessions, what does that look like? What is the process? What is the package um, that you recommend that they take? Because a onesie, twosie thing, you and I know, yeah, that's it's a fun thrill, but it doesn't really leave the lasting benefits. But speak to, to individual sessions specifically with you. My, my texts are blowing up. <laughs> you know, I, I thank you, Lina. I think I'm going to speak from my heart because that's what this is all about. Instead of giving people the information about sessions, because I think what I'd like to say after listening to what you just said to follow up on that is, you know, healing is a journey that we all have to take on our own. We have to do our own inner work and it does take courage, but we can't do it ourselves. We cannot do it ourselves. That's why I mentioned the community that I found at the center that I found through White Winds. That is the, the biggest thing that has changed my, my, my life. And, 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 I, and I hope that I bring into my work to be a safe, loving container for the people that show up that may not have anybody else to talk to about though these things. So I might be the first step and then introduce them to other people because this is all heart work and we are all um, in this together. So I think what I, what my work does is help people get connected with their hearts and their, and their truth and to know that it is okay. You don't have to do any sessions, you can call me on the phone and have a consultation with me. And I always tell people, tell me how you're feeling. If something inside of you is resonating and saying yes to this, like come in, come on in and see me. But if it doesn't feel right for you, then follow your heart. Don't listen. There is no one healer, no one coach, no one doctor, no one shaman, no one anything that has all the right answers, but you do. It's inside of your heart. And if you can discover that, and if I could help you bring that out, then I know I've left this world better than I came here. And, and I can't ask for any more than that. Exactly. And that's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you share that from your heart, which is why I refer clients to you because of your integrity and your honesty. And you're absolutely right. Every single one of us that does this work, we're just reflecting back a piece of the answer that's inside everybody else. And they've got to find it. We just happen to say things. We just happen to do things. We just happen to have skills that activate your own truth. But ultimately, you are the healer. Each individual person is the healer. Nobody healed me. I healed myself when I healed my mind from misperceptions about who I am that began to allow the movement of this energy that was stuck, that, that just needed to have a safe space, like Mindy was saying, to begin to be put back into motion. So let me just end with this because, you know, we're talking about coming back to the heart. And earlier we talked about, you know, God's source, spirit, whatever you want to call that source of all that is. What is your relationship with that source? What do you call it? And what what has what has happened in your life that has allowed you to tap into that and to really connect with that? Because for me, 
growing up Catholic, I really did not like God because it was like Santa Claus to me. It was always checking to see if I was naughty or nice. And, and if I was not nice, I was going to send me to some place called hell where I was going to burn forever. Well, that simply was not was not where I wanted to be. So I wanted nothing to do with God. But this journey of self-love has helped me realize that 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 love that I feel is God, is the energy. I call it Jesus, God source energy of love is what I really am. So I have come full circle now to fall in love with God, to fall in love with with spirit. Again, whatever you want to call it, because it's what binds us. And the communities that you're talking about is people who have opened their heart and they realize that we are one, all connected, helping each other remember that we've been created by love to love. That's why we have to release these blocks, put this energy back into motion, but share your experience with reconnecting with that higher power. Yeah, it it all comes back to the heart. You know, from an energy perspective, the heart chakra is the portal to our soul. And I so believe that. So it, it never will lose its meaning. And it's beauty to me that I had physical heart issues and emotional heart issues because we all go through heartbreak. And it is when we break that heart open that truly the light can come in. And when we learn that our, our vulnerability and our authenticity to, to break through those walls and just be completely open to the energy of love that's in our heart and we allow that in and we allow that out, well, that is, call it God, call it source, call it light, call it whatever you want. It's L-O-V-E, love. Mm -hmm. And love is the highest vibration on the planet. So whatever you're going through in your life, if you can bring love into the situation, you're headed in the right direction. Oh, what beautiful words to complete this with. Nothing to add to that eloquent statement that Mindy just shared with us. So, sweetheart, thank you for being here. Not only, again, do I adore you as a friend, but as a fellow healer, as a colleague on this journey of assisting others through their their process, I am so grateful that, that we get to do this together. And I know till however long we're on this planet, we're going to be doing this together. Not only that, but we get in a whole lot of shenanigans and have a whole lot of fun together. So that's always going to continue. So I'm sure we'll have more interviews. Uh, yes, this one hour with Mindy is not enough to share, to put out the wisdom that this woman has. Um, but I want to put on the screen one more time how it is that you guys can reach Mindy because she is a wealth of information, a, a wealth of resource. But more importantly, she's an endless well of love. And I would love for you to give yourself the gift of reaching out to her and finding her, friending her on Facebook. Um, we really love what we're doing and we love to share this with others because we know what it's done for us. We see what it's done for our families, how free we have set them um, to not have to walk on eggshells around us or have to feel like they have to say certain things to make us happy. We've released them to be themselves. And that's that's the best gift that we can give everybody. So thank you, Mindy, for being here. And now I want to let folks know that for the next two Align with Line on the 12th, I have my friend Bill Lassiter. Talk about a heart-centered man. We're going to be talking about conscious love. 
conscious relationships. He and I are at places in our journey where now all of a sudden these beautiful romances are blossoming and we're going to focus on conscious relationships, conscious loving. And then after that, I'm going to have a dear friend, uh, Laura, who is uh, she's a medium. She's a psychic. And we're going to talk about her journey, her experience with A Course in Miracles, because she comes to my classes and how that has helped transform her and allowed her to open up and get to know more of who she is. And then, of course, in the future, I'm going to have, um, as we were saying, Frank, talk about conscious grieving, because these are topics that we need to to discuss. So my friend, Mindy, thank you for being here. Loves and kisses. I know I'll be seeing you soon. And uh, we, I've got Mindy's information up there, but I've got two lovely comments that I want to make sure we share. One of them is love us two amazing women. Mindy, we, we're getting some love out there. And then see you now. Our sweet friend Peggy said, yes, love is so powerful. Thank you. And thank you for those of you who are watching this. Please share this episode. Let's spread the message far and wide that not only are there two people here willing to help, but this journey is the same for everybody. How it unfolds looks different, but the journey is the same. We're all returning to love. We're all coming back into the heart so that we can expose it so that we can free it and then we get to share it by being the love that we want to see on this planet thanks a bunch and have a magnificent day and we'll see you next monday for another episode of align with lina talk to you all later and remember we really are magnificent whether you believe it or not it doesn't change it we are magnificent goodbye <laughs>